Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, I am with a very unique guest. I'm with Mark. How's it going, Mark? It's going good. How are you, Gael? Yeah, I wanted to tease people on the fact that we had a guest, but still not. Probably next time, though. I'm talking to a few people that I'd like to have as guests, so let's see. But today we're going to talk about something that's quite interesting, and it's kind of coming from a discussion that happened on the Facebook group for Atari Hacker Pro, where essentially some members were like, well, there's a lot of content on going to five figures per month, but there's really not a lot on like going past that, going to six figure per month and so on. And there was a bit of a debate and so on. And I was talking with this member and I was basically explaining to him that I've been hanging out with a lot of people who are at six figure per month this summer and so on. And what I've realized is that actually, while the beginning of websites tends to be fairly similar and there's a lot of processes that can be documented and so on, up to this, you know, mid five figure per month mark, when these sites grow past that, they tend to have so customized systems that it's very hard to replicate from one business to the other. You can just inspire yourself, but it's very hard to document that. And that's why I guess not that many people are covering this, mostly because it's so it becomes so unique and so on. And another thing I, I mentioned as well, and I guess we're going to have the occasion to talk about this, is that we have put some advanced content out there, both in HRO and on the blog. And... The truth is, when we look at the interest for this kind of content, it's very low. And while some people might find it interesting, when you look at what they do later, is they tend to just create more Amazon articles on their website just because it's easy, because they have a process, etc. And so I think that really sparks that discussion on like what it takes to get to six figure per month. Do you need to do anything differently? How do you get there? What works at the beginning but doesn't work later as you want to go? past that and should you even go for it i think that's quite important and so that's essentially what we want to talk about today so do you want to say something about that introduction mark maybe no i think you've covered it quite well so do you want to pick the the first point maybe yeah so the idea for this really came to me last year when we were at a mastermind and my friend chris sort of mentioned this he has a seven-figure business and he was looking at what eight-figure business leaders did and trying to kind of see what all the commonalities and stuff were there. So that's a great sort of approach to take. If you search, there's a lot of information out there in terms of uh, interviews and stuff by six-figure-a-month site owners. It's not always easy to identify exactly how much someone makes as they don't always talk about it. But you can generally get a, a picture quite quickly from the way they conduct themselves in the interview. And often they'll drop sort of like hints and stuff in there. I didn't put this, but you said Mixergy is really good for finding such interviews. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so for example, there's a, there's that site called The Penny Holder, mm-hmm. which is like that really big financial, personal finance, not really full financial, personal finance blog. I think they're making like 12 million a year or something like, you know, high revenue. They're basically a million dollars per month, so mm-hmm. it's seven figures. I mean, they were at the time of the interview, sure, I don't sure. know now. You will find these kind of like huge people on Mixergy. There's quite a few of them. A lot of them will be tech startups, so it doesn't necessarily apply to 
authority sites, but if you find people that have publications, I think the guy from Fandom Magazine as well. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a really good podcast, actually, the the F-O-U-N-D-R with no E. Yeah, so this guy does a lot of interviews as well and talks about how to do stuff. There's the guys from The Hustle as well that talk quite a bit on how they grew the site and they're definitely in that range as well. So there is a few podcast interviews, but you know, you will find interviews and you can inspire yourself from these interviews. But first of all, they'll be a lot higher level than the more beginner stuff that can be out there. Like it can't just be like, do this, do this, do this. And most of the time they'll be just more high level. Like you just be able to have some inspiration, but you'll have so much more to figure out yeah. than you would from a more basic slash beginner type thing. It, it kind of goes back sort of to what you were saying in the introduction to the show, actually, like, for us, it's, I mean, it's not easy, but it's achievable to create more or less systematized content for a beginner, say, for how to start your site, do keyword research, content, link building at a, at a relatively basic level. Once you get into the high five-figure month, six-figure month type ranges for a single site, at least, the variety of different things which are going on there is huge and it's going to change a lot depending on the niche and i'm just thinking here the site runner runner click <laughs> uh-huh okay the site runner click came to mind they i don't know what they've done exactly but they've built this kind of really advanced content i don't even know what you would call it like content display tool that like shows what the best trainers are for running in various circumstances and but the, if you go on their site you'll see what i mean it's like really really far out there and i don't know if they have done any interviews talking about it but getting the information so. information about the process for that would be one thing but it's very unlikely that you'll be able to just take that and plug it in directly to your business you're going to be looking for more for ideas and inspiration and then if you get enough ideas and inspiration from enough people you can start to map out actual paths forward which is like a unique thing for your business I guess when people are at that level as well, they care less or not that they care less, but there's less threat of copycats. So they're maybe yeah. more willing to share that kind of information, which is, which is a pro and a con, I guess. But uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at our sites, we always start them the same way. The content is kind of always the same, et cetera. But when they hit five figure per month, it's, there's usually that big phase where we're like, oh, okay, now we need to take this site to the next level. And a whole lot of things, custom processes are coming into place that were never in place on other sites before. Um, I, I'm thinking of the, the one of our newest sites that hit five figure per month now. And we're like, well, then we need to rethink how we write content. We need to try to go deeper. If we ever want to be a big player in this industry, we can't just have cookie cutter templates, etc. It was good enough. And you know, we could probably scale it to like mid five figures with what we have now. Mm -hmm. But if we really want to compete, then we're going to have to build all these custom things. And it's going to happen for pretty much any niche. And the custom stuff we're coming up with this niche is just not going to apply to other niches. It's just for this one site. And so we kind of like the idea of starting a site, you know, in a more classic slash templated way at the beginning see if we can actually make a dent in this niche. And when it hits this five-figure number, then be like, okay, how do we go to the next step? And then everything is just going full custom if it needs to be. Like, I mean, the way I'm rebuilding Atari Hacker right now, I know a lot of people will be like, it's going to be weird because like everything's customized versus everything's just completely plain and just blank WordPress theme. 
in the current state of things at the time at which we're releasing this podcast. And same thing, we're going the same route where like a lot of stuff is created just for Tori Hacker that will not apply to any of our other sites. So it's it, it's much harder to copy paste it basically. Yeah, I was just going to say though, like when you start looking at what the sort of six figure a month businesses do are doing, like the, specifically the people at the top, the CEOs or whatever you want to call them, the entrepreneur, they do tend to have like certain traits, which are not always, but but very often similar. The one I put at the top of that list was a, they have a single focus. It's very, very rare. It does happen, but it's very, very rare that you'll find sort of portfolio companies at that level. You don't find very many people who get to that stage by building, you know, a hundred, one thousand dollar a month sites. They tend to build one a hundred thousand dollar a month site. That makes sense. And just having that single focus just allows you to go so deep in your niche that you can do all these fancy things that we were just talking about there and really sort of get to know the people in the in the space, get to know the topic, become heavily invested yourself. I think we sort of, we tried to do that, but somewhat failed miserably at health ambition when we bought our juicers to try and get into yeah. it. And then I, I don't know about you, but I haven't used mine for maybe three years now or something. I gave mine away, so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it, everything. These people also tend to be good at actually executing. So they have ideas, but they can actually implement them as well. They always also tend to be quite humble people. I don't notice too many people, again, there's a few exceptions come to mind, who have you know huge egos and who are super successful like that. They have a high attention to detail and very importantly, we'll talk more about this later, but a very talented team. You'll quickly find that when you grow beyond a certain point, your time is the most limiting factor to your business's growth. And all, the more you can do to fix that, i.e. by bringing in talented people that can go in and uh, grow the business in other areas by themselves without too much guidance, then the better, better you'll be. Yeah, I also put a note that and it's something that happened to us several times. Uh, let's just say that. <laughs> it's easy. It's like we're really talking about good people here because uh, when you build an average team or a team with just people that can do their job but don't really push hard or not really invested in the, in the job, then we've found that you reach a ceiling and it's really hard to break it unless you essentially get rid of a lot of people when you do that. And and it will happen to you several times. It won't. It, you will. I mean, we've hired hundreds of people now throughout the years and we're still not have we're still like learning this process but if you have average people it's not enough it's not like building a talented team it's really like you need really really good people I, and finding really good people is really really difficult and the number one issue i see most people have building websites i see a lot of people who hit that sort of issue with their own time and they solve that by documenting, creating SOPs and hiring sort of cheap VAs often from places like the Philippines to to do things. And for certain roles, for certain tasks, that, that can work and that can be a good sort of stopgap. I've even seen a couple of teams that I know of that who are kind of led by exceptionally talented VAs that then went on to become sort of managers and stuff. I would say that's more the exception rather than the rule. I've seen a lot more people have issues with growing because of their uh, like lower quality team who who aren't really invested in the company who aren't really you know part of the core team they're just sort of there to do a job 
So it's a bit of a fundamental shift there when you when you want to really grow that you need to to have a, a real team. And I think there's an interesting point in what you're saying here. Like you, there will be a lot of outliers, and you'll find counterexamples to pretty much everything that we're gonna talk about today. Like some people that have built a seven-figure month company based on Filipinos. You will find people with multiple focus doing really well. You will find people, and we'll talk about that in a second, but that make six-figure per month just using basic affiliate programs like Amazon. But these can be outliers. I think for all these things, you need to kind of like look at your chances of success, you know? And the chances of success with a very talented team versus a team of very average workers. Well, if you have average workers, your chances of success are 0.5%. If you have a very talented team, maybe it's like 15%. And so your chances of success and the odds that you're taking on each of these choices and combining good decisions, essentially what increases your chances of being successful is still not guaranteed. There's still a degree of luck to that. But I just want to say there will be a lot of outliers and a lot of people that essentially contradict what we say. It doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means in some cases, for some people, it will work out. But for most people, it will not. Mm -hmm. You know. And I want to say that because of all the stuff you've talked about, one thing that is important to talk about here is lifestyle. And what you want, because a lot of people want to make all that money, obviously, most people do, but not many people are willing to get the lifestyle that goes with making this money. And many people, and I see them on Facebook groups, etc. like, they're not ready to, I mean, we sit at our desks like eight, nine hours a day right now, yeah, just doing stuff, etc. And it's like, when you're already making a lot of money, it's... It's a discipline, right? There's nobody that's telling us to sit this much time in front of the desk. Yeah. Uh, nobody's telling when we us first to started, we were like the worst at getting up. Like you would get up at yeah. like midday and we'd like, <laughs> yeah, it's just our sleep patterns were all over the place. It was like, I guess more in the, it was a learning process. In the last two years or so. And we didn't, we've never actually actively discussed this, but just now it's kind of like understood that we kind of start work around nine-ish or sometimes before but I think as the business has gotten more serious, like so have we accordingly. I'm not sure which came first in that I think situation. It's Asian, but, well, you know. yeah. I think it's also Asian, I'm telling you. I mean, there was a point where I literally woke up at 11 p.m., went out to the bar with you, <laughs> got drunk, got home, sobered up, did my day of work, and went to bed. So that, that was the beginning of entrepreneurship for us. Yeah. We definitely learn to be more like that, but we have these calls at 9 a.m., et cetera, and have to be around. And overall, just, yeah, it implies a lifestyle that you will need to be rigorous. You will need to spend a lot of time. You need to be single-focused, which means a lot of times the reason why we're not single-focused is because we're blocked on something. And I see that all the time with myself. Like, all the time, I'm like, oh, I'm diverting to something else because... It's kind of difficult to get to the next step with what I'm working on. Let's say I'm working right now. I'm working on the membership area for uh, the new H Pro slash Site member, Autosite system. Sorry, and you know sometimes I'm, there's really stupid stuff like I can't make the progress bar look the way I want for like the progress in the course, whatever stuff like that. And I'll just see myself shift back to the blog or shift back to working on like the um, review templates for Tori Hacker, this kind of, just something else, right? And so single focus, it forces you to deal with the problem that's right in front of you. And that's very difficult. And some people, they're just not ready for it. And also, I want to say, it will not just take more work than you probably do now. It will take more work that you don't want to do because, yeah, you're going to have to deal with these problems that are right in front of you when they are there. And the only way to go forward is to focus on that single thing. That being said, so, uh, even though there's a lot of stuff that I do that I don't particularly 
I'd say enjoy. I still enjoy the process of kind of like overcoming that that problem. Uh, you know, in my old job, when I, back when I had a quote unquote real job, was doing a lot of stuff and just like completely wasn't interested in it. I think one of the cool things about online marketing is that at every stage from starting out to doing six figure launches kind of thing, they're, they're, you're always learning something new and it's kind of like it's it's a challenge and it's interesting. Yeah, you do different things. Like we go from, I mean, I go from building websites to video editing to edit, to editing people's content to computer research, etc. So it's fun because it's diverse, but it's also, you just need to do a lot of it if you want to get to that point. Yeah. Basically. There's, there's no nowhere around it. So I hope you enjoy it because otherwise it's not going to be very fun. And another thing that we need to talk about, okay, so we talked a little about like lifestyle, attitude, kind of like life decisions, etc. But obviously, this is not what makes you six figures per month. Uh, what makes you six figure per month is your business model, right? And a lot of people forget it, but I'm going to repeat something very simple that most of you know, but forget is that your revenue is essentially your traffic multiplied by the number, the revenue per visitor that you make. So if you have 10,000 visits and you make a, a dollar per visitor, you make $10,000. If you have 10,000 visits and you make $3 per visitor, you make $30,000. And if you want to go high, you need to evolve both factors. Otherwise, you're essentially fighting against the current. If you, Most people, what they do is they pick a single affiliate program, namely Amazon, to get started, which is a great place to get started, to get to a five-figure in the first place. But eventually, it's just getting to six-figure with Amazon is complicated, and you're never evolving your revenue per visitor, which is a problem. You're only fighting for traffic, and that results in, in slow growth. So it's exciting when you go from zero to 2K, 3K, etc. But then when you go from 13K to 15K, you will not even notice it. And the growth is going to be linear and sometimes even slow down. If you've identified the best keywords at the beginning, done the keyword research, then obviously the extra, like the other opportunities you have, they might not be as juicy as the first ones you've found. And then you're going to have a slowdown on your growth. And so the only way to keep growing is to not only grow your traffic and fight for the most competitive keywords, but also to work out better ways to make more money per visitor. Yeah, so we did this essentially on health ambition somewhat to our, our detriment. As you said, Amazon is great for starting out, but you need to think beyond that eventually. And sometimes quite quickly if you're growing fast, because then you'll be stuck in this kind of never-ending race of just trying to focus on your traffic. And you can grow a lot faster, obviously, if you're pumping revenue numbers as well. But I think there's a reason that a lot of people build Amazon sites, get them to a certain point, and then flip them. And that's because it's quite difficult to grow beyond a certain point. It doesn't matter how broad your niche is, but eventually you're going to run out of low to medium to even semi-difficult keywords to go after. And, you know, in health, we we really pushed the boat. I think we had, what was it, 1,500 articles or something on health ambition, covering all sorts of different sub-niches of, of health. However, what we didn't focus on is actually growing the, the revenue which we're getting from each of those. So we have so much opportunity there that we could, like, partner with someone who's doing FBA or, like, sell our own products or even just, like, find other affiliate programs more effectively for individual products, we have all the data. It'd be really quite straightforward to do that. We'll think about Relatively it. speaking. But <laughs> I legitimately think that that is a sort of like mental block that people reach with their Amazon sites. The flippers who do this like multiple times, 
they're very, very, very good at starting a site, growing it, and having that initial growth spurt up to a certain point. It's worth it for them to flip it and then do it again because the sort of incremental revenue per month or whatever they're spending on it is is high when you have high growth, right? So they're always in the stage of of high growth, but they're never beyond that kind of six, seven figure range, at least most people anyway. We tend to think of, I mean, we throw it around a lot, like the wire cutter, which I think is like the biggest Amazon site, at least it's been sold. I think they sold for $13 yeah. million. Dollars, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think that like, oh, we'll just, we'll just do that. But that's really, it's such an, it's like an outlier of outliers. Most people are never going to get anywhere near that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, especially since they sold actually, because it attracts so much attention to the business model. Yeah. That just many big brands are getting into views, they're getting into Amazon keywords, etc. And so achieving what the Wirecutter did in the first place now is actually way more difficult than back then when they did it. So it's like really like my amazing analogy was going to a sword fight with a toothpick, you know, like you have a chance in a million to win the fight, but there's a chance. And <laughs> Some people are willing to take it, right? Um, and that's the problem. It's like, yeah, it's possible. And you will find one guy that did it. The question is, what are your chances of doing it? And the truth is they're not very high. I mean, and that's why there's this whole flipping model, really. Because if you just want to do Amazon stuff, that's probably the best way to make money right now. But I think we should just go through, go a little bit more practical and talk about like the two things. Ways to grow traffic and ways to increase revenue per visitor. Essentially what they actually mean. So... Ways to, in- to increase traffic, that would be grow your existing channels. For most people listening to this podcast, it's, it's going to be SEO. I know a lot of people who listen to us, they mostly do SEO. But sometimes it can be social media. We have had a lot of success with Pinterest, for example. And growing Pinterest is a great way to grow revenue, to, especially if you do email lists, etc. And or what you can do is grow new traffic channels. The problem is, once again, when your monetization is solely based on stuff like Amazon affiliates, you don't have that many channels where you can get traffic that has high intent, where people want to buy right now and will convert. And also because you don't make that much per visitor, you can't afford to pay for any kind of traffic. So often, often even if you do make a lot per visitor, you you can't because the affiliate program won't let you do that or Facebook will, won't let you. Uh... They let you, but they won't let you bid for brand keywords. Yeah. But like you could bid for best adjustable dumbbells for example okay this you would be allowed to you're just not allowed to bid for best amazon dumbbells or like the brand of the product you're promoting usually that's what they don't let you do the monetization is is another problem because if you can make more money per visitor then you can either one afford new traffic sources so pinterest ads or facebook ads or whatever or you can just scale what you did a lot more i mean if you were making three times more money from your site in seo how much more content and link building could you afford to do on your site and what would that mean for the revenue so it really boils down back to increasing revenue per visitor which is pretty much more important than your traffic and do you want to take that part or should i do it doesn't matter you can do it (laughs) all right so there's, there's several ways to do that. You don't have to quit Amazon or whatever affiliate program you're promoting. But the first step is to do conversion rate optimization. If you can increase the click-through rate on affiliate offers, i.e. the number of person that visits your, your blog post, increase the number of people who click on your affiliate links, that's already a win. You're going to make more money, most likely. And second is increasing the sales after clicks. So 
I know in Amazon, you get a conversion rate. We are around 10% for what we do on our stuff. But if we are able to say, orientate our articles to convince people more before they click, so we get to 12 or 13% and that's CRO as well, then that is a win we can you know, make more money. So you don't have to necessarily quit your monetization method. You might need to just get better at it. Second thing is getting higher commissions. Uh, that's something we do with the affiliate programs that are not Amazon because if we email Amazon and ask them for higher commissions, they're going to laugh at us. But if we email smaller companies and ask them for higher commission, four to five times we get an, a higher commission provided we've sent some sales their ways priorly. So you can't just walk to a new company, not send them any traffic and ask them to increase your sales, but make a dozen sales, contact them, and you might get a better commission yeah, if, so that is another way you, i was gonna go say with that if you can show them your like growth trajectory of your site what you have planned content that's coming up in future that kind of thing they'll be much more likely to uh to actually work with you on on the the higher commissions there they basically want to see that you're kind of not just you're going to do something else and it's going to like grow their thing further aside from just turning up the commission numbers yeah, I mean, if you think about it, paying affiliates is still much cheaper usually than paying salespeople. Yeah. So most companies will be more than happy to increase your commissions a bit because they essentially see in you a pay-as-you-go salesperson, which is fine, fine by my terms, provided I can automate the job, yeah. right? And so the next thing is higher paying business models. And that's the part where most people are very reticent. They don't want to quit the affiliate marketing space, et cetera. And I get it. It's more work, et cetera. But there's several business models you can explore. They can be info products. And once again, you can be info product as the person that sells the info product, or you can just be an affiliate. Like for a long time on Health Ambition, we don't do it right now, but for a long time, we would just collect emails and sell info products via email. And that would generate thousands of dollars per month. And I would increase our revenue per visitor quite significantly at a time when advertising services like AdThrive or Mediavine, which are probably the best paying advertising meta networks at this point, didn't exist. So that allowed us to monetize our informational content. You could just start promoting these kind of products. Once again, info products that don't work in every niche. So you need to be in a niche that kind of likes them. Otherwise, services can be a good one. Obviously, the problem is there is a marginal cost and probably a human time associated to it, meaning you need to learn skills like hiring and customer service, etc. If you do best X4Y type stuff for Amazon, I think a really good opportunity is to launch you know, your own FBA products and or e-commerce products. Essentially replace the items in these posts with things that would pay you three, four, five times more than Amazon does, provided hopefully that you link to a good solution for the user as well. But like there's more and more people doing this kind of stuff and it is something that we should explore at some point with health ambition and make a case study of. So yeah, that's basically the ways you increase your revenue per visitor. The CRO, increasing click-through rate and increasing conversion, getting paid more per sale as an affiliate, and exploring other business models, info product services, and or e-commerce. There's another part, right? There's the picking up the extra skills as well that's required to get to six figures per month. Do you want to pick that up? Yeah, sure. So we sort of touched on this earlier, but as, a, as an entrepreneur, you're kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to having to do a little bit of everything. And you know, you've maybe spent the last few years hustling to figure out how to create an authority site, how to drive traffic to it, how to monetize it, that kind of thing. Those are absolutely the, still the core skills and the, the skills we practice most of the day. 
However, you also need to start learning other skills, which are more sort of business skills, like general business skills, rather than specific to authority size. So we're talking here things like hiring, management, negotiation, just general business administration. I mean, previously we touched on the the hiring process and like not just hiring the cheapest VA you can find and expecting them to to kind of do everything, but actually trying to find people who are going to move your business forward. So for example, there's a really good book called Who, the A Method for Hiring. Uh, you can pick it up on Amazon, but just having a rigorous process like the one that's outlined in that book for how you hire people will make a huge difference in the quality of people that you're you're bringing in through the door. Once you have like start working with people, you then need to sort of figure out this management thing, which I don't know too many people that that are very good at this. It's a difficult skill because it requires Apart from me, <laughs> it requires kind of a bit of left brain and right brain skill. You have to sort of have, be systematized and kind of know what you're doing, but also have like a, be a good people person. And it's, it's often a challenge to uh, to possess both qualities. That being said, it's definitely something that you can learn. There's uh, like keeping people motivated is really, really, really important, I would say. And it's not just about you standing there and holding out their paycheck at the end of the month to to get them to to work that month like that's only going to get you so far at the end of the day people want to be part of a movement or they want to be doing something that like is contributing value to the world money only motivates people for so long so you need to start thinking of all these things like what is your company mission what are you actually trying to do and making six figures a month is probably not a good mission. It's probably going to be a bit difficult to get other people to to get behind you on, on that one. So a better way is to think what your site actually does and how can I translate this into a, a mission that's going to help the world, basically. It sounds a bit sort of wishy-washy, woo-woo. Like I'm, a, I'm not that kind of – I used to despise this kind of stuff in my, my old company – yeah, that podcast used to be. Like, yeah. Yeah. I used to despise this kind of stuff in my old company because it, it felt very inauthentic from the senior management. So you want to make this like something which is really is authentic to, to you and what you're trying to do here. Some really good books that can help you do that. Double Double by Cameron Harold, similar on a similar vein, Traction by Gina Whitman and Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. Also like very, very good books. The latter two also deal with sort of like processes and you know, how you create management styles and teams and oversight and all this kind of stuff. It does get quite technical quite quickly, but it's something which you absolutely have to learn if you want to kind of get to this stage, six figure a month and beyond. All of the best sort of managers in the world are, are always learning about this kind of stuff. So you should absolutely do that too. We talked in the increasing revenue per visitor about, you know, asking for a higher commission from your affiliate manager or whoever's selling the product. That is a difficult thing to do sometimes. So you need to start getting good at things like negotiation. Most people have never studied negotiation or never will. And most people are not very good at it, save from the car salespeople of this world. But very good book on this, which I recommend is a 3D negotiation. I forget who the author is, but if you just Google it, you'll you'll find it very, very good. And so getting on to like business administration and like processes just to keep your business running, but also to help you understand what's going on is really key here. So I've seen businesses 
fall apart because their admin side of things was just all over the place. They had no control over their costs. They didn't know what was working and what wasn't. And it just, it was a nightmare. You have to get good at this. You have to have your books in order. You get a good bookkeeper. You have to have even things like analytics and reporting, understand where your money's coming from, not just how much traffic you're making, but where that, which pages are doing well and like what you can do to get more of that. And yeah, just generally what's going on well in your business and how can you learn from that and do more of it kind of thing. All of these things are vastly different from each other, but as an entrepreneur, and if you were hiring people to do each one of these things, you'd maybe need eight different people. However, you as the entrepreneur tend to have to do all of this, at least to a decent kind of standard. And you have to, to know about it when you eventually do hire, you know, business people and uh, management layers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that you take care of. And to be honest, I'm not sure I could run the whole thing if you didn't take care of it. I would have to relearn the whole thing and I would like take so much of my time. It is very difficult. But that when you make this kind of money, I mean you have to make everything super clean and official because like an audit is a very real thing to think about. And and also if you intend to make it in the long run, then yeah, you, at some point someone's going to look into your stuff and you're going to have to have clean business administration, which is uh, not what most people want to hear about when they think about quitting their job. That's the cost of being to six figure basically. Otherwise, you know, the five figure lifestyle is a pretty nice lifestyle if that's not something you want to build for. Another thing I wanted to mention as well is that as you get to the higher revenue, you build a team, you do all these things, well, you tend to have much higher costs, which means that your profit margins will likely decrease. So yeah, you will make more money at the end of the month. But, you know, when you are running your little, your couple of websites or whatever, or your single website, and you're making, let's say, fifteen dollars or $20,000 per month, using Amazon Associates, then your costs of running a solo that, you know, getting sometimes 80 or 70% profit margin is very realistic, especially if you don't have staff. As soon as you start hiring people, as you start putting some kind of infrastructure in place, yes, your business is more solid, but your profit margin is probably going to dip to like 50% or something like this. And so it's you just need to be understanding that Despite the fact that you're making more money, you're also putting a higher percentage of that money back into the business, but you still end up with more money at the end of the month. And another thing I want to say as well, and I've said it before, but maybe you haven't listened to these episodes, is that if you want to run websites in the long run, I'm talking like 10 plus years type thing, like really make your career just doing that. Just having a couple of Amazon Associates website ranking for low competition keywords it's probably not going to cut it for 10 plus years. It's probably not going to be enough. So all these things we talked about, if you aim to to really just, just keep making money in the long run, you're going to essentially have to aim for it. You're going to have to be aiming for the six figure per month. It doesn't mean you're going to make it, but the market is professionalizing. There is more and more big companies seeing the honeypot that is SEO and all these kind of like buyer intent related keywords and so on. And these big companies, they don't hesitate to pay SEOs six figure per year to do that for them because they see the long-term revenue and it's millions and millions of dollars. And so as these companies enter the market, it will be tougher and tougher for small players, for small websites, for the people that are on the lower end of the spectrum. They are the ones that are going to be struggling the most. And with Google updates and with tougher competitions, et cetera, you know, I can guarantee you'll be making the money we can make today. And that is not very hard to make in 10 years. So you should be aiming for that regardless. 
if you want to do that in the long term. However, you don't have to do any of the things we talked about today. If after you listen to this podcast, you're like, well, I'm not ready to put this much time into it, to sacrifice this much for it, etc. It's completely fine to leave that five-figure per month affiliate website lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle that I think will fit many people listening, listening to this podcast and are not willing to go this way. But I think it's important to talk about it in this podcast because a lot of, you know, when you get to that point, a lot of people still, they're looking up and they're like, I want more, I, want, I think I can do it, et cetera. I want to do it. And they don't realize that the business they've built is is great for where they're at, but it's going to need to change a lot to get to the next step. And what do you want in your life? Do you want to spend time with your kids or do you want to, do you want to build this business? And you will have enough money to live at this point and you'll be fine for the foreseeable future, especially if you flip at the right time and or build more sites, et cetera. So it is also very, very a very good lifestyle, a very good idea to not necessarily decide to scale to this level. But I really wanted to do this podcast because this is a question that has come up. And overall, in, for us, in terms of teaching this, you could see this podcast was much higher level. And the reason why it had to be high level is because I can give you a recipe on, for sure, making six-figure per month. The same way I can give you a recipe to make five-figure per month, building affiliate sites and getting started with stage one sites, etc., which is what we do in the authority site system. This works and this is pretty easy and we can give you a lot of copy paste stuff, etc. Getting to the next level, well, it's gonna require you to go past the recipes and to make your to become the chef, to me to become to make your own recipes. And that is what you need to be ready to do. And the big chefs they they work a lot. So that's basically it. That was my conclusion to this podcast. If you want to find the show notes, you can find them on atarihacker.com slash six figure monthly and we'll put the link to all the books that mark mentioned and maybe the resources that we mentioned mixergy interviews maybe a couple of the ones we like etc so we'll put all of that for you and well now i guess it's time for you to think about it this week are you are you more of a five figure per month guy or you're a six figure or gal <laughs> or girl i'm sorry i should i need to be more inclusive or whoever you are to listen but anyway thanks for listening and we'll see you next week have a good week Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.